Well, welcome back to our next edition of the Mike Kara Radio Program, What's Up America? As always, Parley Broadcasting from Ocoee, Florida, USA, Planet Earth. And boy, we've got a great special guest for you today, Miss Carol Kay, who is a great uh, musician, a great guitarist, and great bass player. Although you d- may not know the name, she has played on so many of our favorite songs and is a great studio musician. At one time, was the number one person to call for uh, bass and... Uh, some of the uh, Sonny and Cher, uh, the Monkees, the Grassroots, even Frank, uh, Nancy Sadatra, as well as some of your favorite uh, TV show themes like The Brady Bunch and Batman and MASH. And Carol, you've done so much, and uh, we appreciate well, all this music. Hi, hi Mike. Yeah, it, it's been a lot. It, it's been fun. Uh, you, you mentioned a few a, a few of the minor things, but Mission Impossible was a biggie. Oh yeah, sorry about the that. Movies, airport and all that stuff, and, and and the Beach Boys, and and then the Quincy Jones films too. I I, I sure enjoyed those films. You know, he, he had me invent invent some of the lines too a lot of the times. You know, and and he was re- really a lot of fun to work for. Uh, 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 as was uh, Lalo and and uh, uh, Jerry, Jerry uh, just just a, just an immense amount of composers. You know, you you were recording day and night. You didn't even have time to sleep. You know, back then. Oh, and, and yeah, and you mentioned the Beach Boys, and I'll tell you the story, Carol. One of the ways I found out about you was they, they've made so many of these Beach Boys movies. I don't know, there's like about 12 of them, oh, yeah, and you have been yeah. featured as a character, Carol Kay, in just about all of them. So I've looked you up. And... Well, I know, I know, but, but most of them are just wrong. You know, the, the only one that was right, and, and I mean, and even Nancy Sinatra said this, uh, they, they, they uh, what was the American Family or American Musical Family or something, and 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 there, there's an actress that they hired to play me on there, and she researched me and, and like that, and 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 really did. Uh, did a fine job. I didn't know her until afterwards, you know, and I got to know her. And she, she's a real bass player too, and a fine singer, and and and, and all that, and and an experienced actress, you know. So she 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 did her her research to uh, get me right, you know. Unfortunately, the, the latest TV show that they're talking about, oh, that's Carol Kay, and I'm saying. That's nothing like me. I, I don't drink. I don't flirt with musicians. It, it's nothing like me. It, it's an insult, you know, actually. Yeah. Uh, and, and people seem to think that the most important thing is fame. Well, that's what Phil Spector said, too. And look, look what he did, you know. Yeah. Uh, fame is not important. Doing your job is important. I don't care if you're a gardener, if you're a musician or or president. Do your job. That That's what it is. It's... It, and, and we should be glad that, that people do their jobs, because you know, today it seems like you you hire somebody to get something done, and they, they're, I mean, they're, they don't care to work. They, they just want the money, and that's not right. We, we all worked hard for the money, and most of us were jazz and, and big band musicians. Who, who, most of us were, were famous in the 50s before we ever did studio work. That Fame is nothing, uh, but hard work is, is, is all, and that's what we did with that music. We were required to turn a, a, a lot of music into hit records that wasn't even music at all, you know. So that, that's what we did, and we had to be proud of ourselves to, to do it, you know. So we, we, we just did it right. 
Okay, I've said my piece. Go ahead, Mike. Ask me a question. <laughs> no, no, no I, I, I will, but I'm just saying this is so great talking to you, setting the record straight because, you know, we're see, I'm, I'm, I'm glad because some of these movies gets it wrong, so it's so nice to hear the truth. I'll just say that. You know, they, and they get it so wrong because everybody wants to be a part of our history, see? And, and so they write books and, and, and they invent stuff and they, they invent your life. Well, I'm one of the few that's still alive and I'm still 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 active too and and, and I'm going to t- counter them on that. I hate that when, when they try to invent your life for you. That's wrong. And invent what happened back then when, when they weren't even alive when we were cutting it. So how would they know? You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> Oh, okay. So, no, that, that's okay. So, Carol, I, I want to, you know, I know, a, a, you know, I've been researching you, but I want our audience to know a little bit about you. And, you know, with all due respect, you've been doing this for over 70 years professionally. Wow. That's right. That, that's right. I, 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 at the age of, of, of 14, I was out there doing gigs, and, and I belonged to, to the union and, and all that. Yes, I mean, I, I, I played jazz guitar, and I taught it, too. Uh, and and it was so much fun to play jazz back then because it, it had a huge audience. You know, you had the World War II vets who loved jazz, and they were always in the clubs. And, and it wasn't the, the drug thing that the, the, uh, you saw uh, in the rock and roll. Yes, a few did drugs, and, and then we, we covered up for them when we played with them, you know, that kind of thing. But uh, it, it was a it was a fairly clean business and it was and it was fun. But it didn't pay the bills if you had a couple kids and and, and I I was divorced with a couple kids and, and my mom to support. And I didn't mind working. I I, I worked day jobs as well as uh, played every night in jazz with big bands and stuff like that. And then, and then I was working in this club, and this guy walks in, and he says, can, can I use you for a record date? And I thought, oh, I don't know him. But the rest of the band seemed to, seemed to like him and know him. So I said, okay, because the, the extra money was good, you know. So I, I went down there, and it was a, a, a big hit for Sam Cooke. I played fills on it. And then, and, and, and then I decided to do more studio work because it was easy. You just kind of, like, dumbed down. You, you didn't play all the c- c- complex solo lines that you did in bebop, you know, and it was just bumpy, you know, that kind of stuff. So it was easy doing. And and it was good money, and I, I, most of the men who played jazz, they, they had a wife that worked, so that, that helped with the money, because jazz didn't pay well. But also, it was dying out, because the clubs in Los Angeles, there's about a hundred clubs in the L.A. area, you know, it's all spread out, but about a hundred jazz clubs, and one by one, they were going out of business in 57, um, about the time that rock started, the rock would take over the clubs, and we all saw that, so some left for New York, so... Some died because they had heart trouble or, or they get into accidents or they died of drugs, you know. And But most of us went, went in the studio work that, that were working those clubs, you know, and, and it was good pay. And, and the music was kind of nice. It wasn't uh, that chugga-chugga, the uh, rock and roll stuff yet, you know. It was soul music and the, the, the groups that cut and then, then Richie Valens and... And then, then I met Phil Spector uh, on a jazz gig I was doing. He asked me to work for him, so I said, okay, yeah, I've been doing a little bit of studio work, so I did guitar for him. And then the bass player didn't show up in 63 on one date, and then they had me play bass. And I, I like bass 
better to play rock and roll on that that than I did um, I mean guitar and twelve string and all that kind of stuff. But the bass was easy, and then it became a, a major instrument for the music business and the recording. And we all wound the, the, about three hundred of us wound up recording day and night, whether it's movies or TV shows or, or hit records. But most of your rock and roll records, like the Monkees and all that, that's we got jazz musicians on there. <laughs> There's hardly any rockers on those records. It, it was all jazz players just, just, just trying to make a, a, a decent, a, a decent amount of money, you know, for for their families, you know. So that that's the story in back of all that. Oh, wow. So I wanted to ask you, Kara, because I was reading, I know that Elvis had his own musicians, but I understand that you had worked with Elvis or did something with Elvis on a movie? Yeah, well, I, 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 he, he did some recordings out here, and Billy Strange, the, the, the guitar player arranger for, um, I mean, for Nancy Sinatra and a lot of others, asked me to work for him. And and, and so I did a few dates with Elvis. That, that, that's just a few. You know, the other people like Mel Torme and uh, Bobby Darren and the Righteous Brothers and and, and all those uh, groups, too, were, were, were major. You know, I just did a few, few dates with him. He, he seemed pretty nice, you know. Uh, he, he's not my, my kind of thing. Being a, a, a jazz musician, I mean, I go for Mel Torme and Ray Charles and all that kind of stuff, you know. So, But... But he was even nice, nice to work for. Yes. Oh, and one question I wanted to ask you, Carol. You know, back in the '60s, we you know we heard of the British invasion and all these bands for England. Did you record? I mean, on any of those records, sir? No, huh? they they. I mean, they have their own, own, own players in, in England. There's a few groups that came uh, that flew in from Australia, and there's there's a few from England too that that came over to the USA. But, but most of that their stuff was was, was done in England. Yes. Oh, so we we mentioned about these TV theme songs. I mean, as those something that took longer than recording songs, or. No, uh-uh, no. Uh, our, our record dates, uh, according to the union rules, were, were three hours long, and we could get, we never heard the music before, we never heard it again, uh, were chord charts. Not, not, hardly any written lines uh, at first, and then it got to be a few written lines, but they always hired, uh, there's, a, there's a group of us, about 50 or 60 of us, called the Click sometimes, you know. We were always called studio Musicians. We we were never called that that Hal Blaine name at all. He he, he kind of made up a phony name in 1990 and tried to call us something else, but we hated it. In fact, we used to laugh at it. We said, "What are you trying to do?" Anyway, we we, we did all all the records, and there's about 50, 60 of us who were first called. That that, that I mean, that were the, the nucleus of, of of a lot of the hit records because. We could make up our parts real quick, you know, and most of us were jazz, you know. That's what you do in jazz every night. You make up every note you play, so it was easy for us. And and a lot of times, for, for, for the themes of the movies, most of those are written out. The Mission Impossible was written out, you know, there were many, but you're required to add something to, to them, too, sometimes, especially all, all the TV shows, the math shows and all that stuff. You're, you're, you're required to make up your part. Yeah, that, that, that's easy for us. There's nothing to it. And uh, you, you, back to the record days, you can cut three, four, five tunes 
per, per record, they'd make up the lines and record them and, and get them in, in the hit record. So that means that in six hours, we could cut, cut a whole hit album on coffee. That That's what we did. We drank a lot of coffee to stay awake, you know, because it was boring a lot of it, too. So that, that that's exactly what we did back then. And it was easy for us, and it was fun, you know. And we played great because we knew it could all stop, too. So we kept the music going by playing great. And, you know, when, when a musician, when a real musician plays, they have to be proud of their playing. So you, you do it as good as you can. You, you make it sound excellent because you had to go home and look at yourself in the mirror. And I'm talking about people who were born in the 30s, the 20s and the 30s. I'm born in the 30s. I, I know what hard times are. I know what it's like to not have food. You know, so you, you, your integrity was at stake all the time. So you played great. So that, that was just, that, that was the, the mentality of the 60s in, in the studios. Okay, Carol, you know what? That sounds simply fantastic. What we are going to do is we are going to take a quick break, and we will be back. My guest today is a legendary studio musician of guitar and bass fame, uh, Miss Carol Kay. And we're so blessed and honored to have Carol here today and tell us all about the memories and her legendary career. You are listening to the Mike Carroll Radio Program, What's Up America, as always, probably broadcasting from Ocoee, Florida, USA, planet Earth. And please stay with us for our next segment of this edition of our program today. The Sanford Music Festival returns to the West End Trading Company on Saturday, March 7th, featuring over 30 bands on four stages, vendors, and food trucks. Brought to you by OrlandoBands.com, the local music guild, and the Ladies 327 Supper Club. Tickets are on sale now at SanfordMusicFest.com. It's an all-day event, and it starts at noon. Sponsored by West End Trading Company, Band Bling, the Mike Kara Radio Show, Ron Holland Productions, the Travel Superhero, Elk Camino School and School of Rock. Well, welcome back to our next segment of this edition of the Mike Care Radio Program, What's Up America? As always, probably broadcasting from Ocoee, Florida, USA, planet Earth. And my guest today is a legendary Carol Kay, although the name may not sound familiar. She has played on over 40,000 of your favorite hits from the 60s and 70s, you know, some of the, the great rock and roll as well as TV themes and movie themes. And we're so blessed and honored to have Carol Kay here today. We're truly blessed. Thanks so much, Carol. We truly, definitely appreciate it. We talked about, you know, the, the there was one Beach Boy movie that I think was with John Cusack, and I remember there's Carol Kay. I mean, so no one contacted you t- to get your thoughts no, on that? Uh, no. Uh, oh. No. They, they, the, the only one that contacted me was the one that got it right. Oh, there you go. And, and, and you know what? I'll tell you something about this latest show that's on Maisel or whatever it is. Yeah. Nobody from that show contacted me at all. Oh. But in contrast, Jeopardy t- TV show contacted me when they had a, a, a Carol K category. And they put that in there. And they wanted to make sure everything was correct. I said, yes, it's correct. Thank you for getting in touch with me. See, that's the difference in, in, in integrity. Uh, you have people making up things all the time, especially in the music, about our, especially our music that, that, that we recorded, because they want to own you. 
in a way. They, they, they want to make the money off you. They don't care if it's right or not, but, but they want to use you, you and your name to, to, to make money off you, and that's what's going on. That's Hollywood today. And Hollywood today, I won't even step foot in that town. I've been asked to come back there to record. I will not record. I don't like the music that they're doing. I don't like the, 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 the lack of integrity, the, the lack of honesty, the lack of anything good in that town. I hate, I hate Hollywood. It's just so bad out there, you know. So that, that, that's, that's, that's why you don't hear any any good, good music today. We started quitting about the end of the 60s when, when Manson killed those people, and we, we all met Manson through, 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 through one of the Beast Boys, you know, so we all met him and everything, and that scared the hell out of him. Yeah. Uh, so some of the guys started carrying guns on their legs, you know, they were scared. One by one, we quit about 1969-70. I couldn't stand the rock and roll anymore. It was just, they were asking us to make hits out of real crap. And we we just couldn't do it. We were tired anyway, burned out, you know. So, and, and I quit working for Motown. I quit working for a lot of people. When I came back a few months later, I kept going with only the dates I, I, I wanted to do. I, I, I did Mancini. I did Ray Charles. I did the, the Glenn Campbell, who's a friend of mine, by the way. I sat next to Glenn in the dates. He, he's one of the few that wasn't a jazz player, but was a very, very fine but fine guitar player in his own way, and and could sing too. I mean, I'm I'm saying on that Wichita lineman, and we yeah. were just shocked how great he was singing on that. You know, so it, 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 certain people I would work for, but I turned down everybody else, and I just kept going with the movies and the TV shows because you you're, you're working for genius people in that playing good music and that. You know, and that that meant a lot to me. Yeah, and I, one thing I, I wanted to tell you, Carol, about that you know, Wichita lineman, and I think it's cute that if you go on YouTube, there's people that have Carol K's Wichita lineman that they, that they oh, that's funny. that's that's, that's <laughs> well, neat that they want you to you know they, they show you exactly and they mention you by name, so that's neat. Yeah, well, I, I invented the baseline, and then we did a take, and then the producer, uh, I mean, Al DeLore said, P -p -p put an intro in, into that, put an introduction lick. So I just did it, and I almost did it wrong, you know, because I wasn't thinking straight, and that came out good anyway, you know. But that's Glenn that, that, that borrowed my, my Dano bass guitar to, to play the solo with you. I'm playing bass on the record, and that's Jim Gordon on drums. And Jimmy Webb was there playing piano, and he he, he did tell me, he said, Carol, in, in, the, in a spot here, but, uh, these two bars, play the, try playing these notes. And so I, did. I said, yeah, that's fine, Jim, thank you. You know, so aside from that, you know, you make up your own bass parts. Except the only group I didn't make up bass parts for were, were the Beach Boys. So Brian Wilson was a bass player, and I didn't even know that. He, he'd come in and play the piano, show us how the tune went, and that was it, you know, and we'd work on it. And, and uh, he, he wrote all the bass parts, and they were so good. This kid was so good. He was improving with every day. We all liked him, too. He was a nice young kid with a sense of humor and, and everything, you know. So, But aside from that, all the rest of the record dates, yes, I, I made up the bass lines, or if they wrote a bass part, then you're required to pad it to make it sound better you, you know you invent stuff 
on top of the base part, the, the simple base part that's written. So that, that's what you do. And that's what I did. And it was kind of fun on bass for a while. But then after a while, like I said, the music got bad in the 60s. And that, that's when the suits, you know, what we call the suits, just, yeah. just, the, just the money counters, you know, the, the, the bean counters would be in charge of the dates. And I thought, no, oh, this is not working. I can't do this anymore, you know. So I, so I quit. And, and, and I wrote my bass books that were teaching all the bass players. I was... I had a publishing company. We were shipping thousands of books all over the world. You know, all the schools were using them, used my books, and they still use my books. And I'm, 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 I'm very pleased with that. You know, because it's helping. Oh, great! So I wanted to, you know, share with our audience uh, another story about you and uh, see what you think about about this. And I believe it, it is true. So there was a band called the Grassroots, and there was a guy right. called Rob Grill that was the bass player. And I believe that even when they performed live or they were por- performing the tracks, it was still your bass line going. Was that right? Or well, it, it was us. I mean, the, the studio musicians recorded. Practically all the music for all the groups right. of, of the 60s. None of them did, did their own music. But a few tried, but they couldn't get a hit record. We're the ones that would go in and lay down the tracks, and, and, and they'd have a hit record. Boom. You know, it was easy for us. And so, yeah, yeah, I, I played on that. And I do get a, a little bit of royalties from the union for, oh, for good. a lot of those records that were reused in the movies things like that too so I have proof that I played on that that, that there was one group that everybody said I played on a group called Love and I, I don't remember a group called Love I, I didn't do their stuff I kept arguing that's not me and they proved to me you're on the contract Carol that's you and I listened to it I said oh yeah, yeah I guess you know you, you do so many dates that you forget it's thousands of record dates that meaning thousands of songs and movie cues and all that stuff you know you you, you can't remember especially if you're a jazz musician you're not going to listen to any of that stuff you know yeah. um, but we're, we're proud of the work that we did I, 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 I'm proud of, of the fact that I played hard I, I had to I had three kids and a, and a mother and, and I live in you know, I got married again and my husband second husband didn't like me working with musicians, but he, he I, I was the main support of the family anyway, so he, he was kind of mean to my kids, you know, so, I mean, so I divorced him, but I had another kid, too, so I had six people to feed. I was going to play that bass hard and well, you know, so that's what happened, you know. Yeah, and we ta- and I still play. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, that that's great. So one thing we talk about, uh, you know, Carol, how you created these very unique uh, bass lines, and we'll talk, you know, we'll talk about the Grassroots and Rob Grill. So when these bands then had to go actually perform live, they had to repli- replicate your bass line then pretty much huh, to get it right. Huh? Yeah, but it, it wasn't that hard, really. It's not, not a hard line. It's just the, the appropriate line for the kind of music. You know, that was what it was, you know. So it, it wasn't hard. But, yeah, yes, they did. Uh, one, one time I, I saw Ray Charles about about in the 80s sometime. You know, it was nice to see him again. We thought, and, and he, he went, boom, boom, He found the bass line that I recorded for him. He said he could never find a bass player to play that. It was kind of funny in a way, you know. But, anyway, it, 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 it's, a, it's a big 
nice and respectful, uh, nice to work for, and no, he, he never felt my arm like he did, like he's still doing in the, in the movie. I, I've been asked that. I said, no, he never did that. I'm the bass player. The bass was, power, was powerful in the 60s. You know, you, you were respectful to the bass player in the 60s, you know, so it, 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 it was kind of fun for me. But I've always been like that. Uh, to me, playing good is power for, for a musician, whether you're a man or a woman. But there's always been women who could play. There were great, great women in jazz in, in the 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s. You know, there were many women who also worked with the men. You don't hear about them now, no. You know, because they all stopped when, when, when the rock and roll came in, you know. But, yeah, it's not that uh, I, I learned because women did it. I learned because I had to do it. Music was my life. I was born poor. I had to work since the age of nine years old, you know. I scrubbed floors so, so my mom and I could have some food on the table, you know, that kind of thing. And I'm proud of that. You know, I'm proud that I was a strong enough kid that I could get out and work. When you make money as a kid, you have a, an innate uh, sense of confidence for your whole life. You know, when I played bebop and I did it well, I, I would walk in like, kiss my, you know. <laughs> right. I, I had that attitude, you know, and and and, and uh, I, I made sure that I could play when I did the studio work, you know. You had to dumb down now. You have to understand, you, you're, you're hiring musicians who, who were excellent musicians and jazz and standards and all that to play re really kind of dumb music in, in a sense, you know, so some of it was dumb, you know. But we, we didn't care. We made it sound as good as we could, and that's that's what, what we did. We didn't have a, opinions about the music. No, it was the business. The, the, there were scores of studios working all the time. There were hundreds of studio musicians recording day and night in Hollywood in the 60s. See, it, it, it was it was big business, you know, and the record companies were raking in the money, and, and the union made sure that we, we, we got paid well. And we got a little bit of royalties and pensions and things like that because of the union, see. Wow, that that's that's great uh, that you know that the union took care of you. Now, as far as I, I understand, the union was the one that helped get your names actually on the albums because they weren't on there before as players. Or yeah, well, that happened in the seventies. None of our names got on the album. They they had to pretend that the groups cut their own records because they were out there doing concerts. Right. Uh, you, you think that people would come to their concerts if, if they didn't think that the groups cut their, didn't cut their records? No. And, and, and the groups aren't going to tell them that, that, no, we didn't play on our records. Studio musicians did it for us. The PR was out there because also the 60s was a time of, of uh, assassinations and riots, race riots. So you, you didn't want the audiences to know that there were blacks and whites happily working together in the studio playing on all kinds of rock and roll and soul records and and a little blonde gal with blue eyes playing bass on a lot of those things <laughs> they, they wanted to sell records they did not want the public to know about it but it was all right because we we i mean we just 
collected the money. You know, that, that's good. And, and it was easy work for us and, and uh, everything. But by the 70s, I think some people complain, you know, we're not getting any credit for all the stuff we did. So the union kind of helped, helped insist that, that the, some of the credits get on the records, you know. So actually the 60s, most of the 60s, no, none of our names are on the album, you know. Okay, Carol, you know what? That sounds simply fantastic. What we are going to do is we are going to take a quick break, and we will be back. My guest today is Carol Kay, who is a legendary guitar and bass player who has uh, recorded on many of your favorite uh, songs in the 60s and 70s as a studio musician. At one time, she was the number one person to call if you needed a song recorded on because uh, she recorded on so many songs, and not only that— she also recorded on bands who didn't actually play their instruments on the record. So she would actually play guitar and bass parts uh, for those particular musicians. And kind of, a, you know, kind of a closely knit secret, but uh, now it's not. But we're so glad that uh, Carol has uh, done so much. And she's also played on your favorite movie themes, uh, scores, uh, TV shows, just about everything like Mission Impossible, Mad the Brady Bunch, so many different ones. So again, my guest is Carol Kay. You're listening to the Mike Kara Radio Program, What's Up America? As always, probably broadcasting from Ocoee, Florida, USA, planet Earth. And please stay with us for our very last segment of this edition of our program today. The Sanford Music Festival returns to the West End Trading Company on Saturday, March 7th, featuring over 30 bands on four stages, vendors, and food trucks. Brought to you by OrlandoBands.com, the local music guild, and the Ladies 327 Supper Club. Tickets are on sale now at SanfordMusicFest.com. It's an all-day event, and it starts at noon. Sponsored by West End Trading Company, Band Bling, the Mike Kara Radio Show, Ron Holland Productions, the Travel Superhero, El Camino School and School of Rock. Well, welcome back to our very last segment of this edition of the Mike Care Radio Program, What's Up America, as always, probably broadcasting from Ocoee, Florida, USA, planet Earth. My guest today is a legendary Carol Kay, who is a legendary uh, musician, guitar player, and bassist in the world of uh, studio musicians. She's recorded on uh, over 40,000 of your, your, your favorite hits from the 60s and 70s. She's worked on groups such as the Buckinghams, the Monkees, Sonny and Cher, some of the biggest uh, Beach Boy songs and uh, work with Quincy Jones and worked uh, in Motown and she's just about done it all, including, like I said, movie and TV themes. So we're blessed and honored to have Carol here today. So we want to thank Carol so much for being here. And we also want to thank each and every one of our radio listeners for being here basically sharing my love and passion for what I do, which is bringing you uh, Carol's love and passion for what she does. And if you've got a suggestion for a great guest like uh, we have Carol here today, please uh, give me a call or send me an email and go to my website at MikeCara.com. And also we want to let you know that you can become a tweet peep by simply going to Twitter.com slash MikeCara73. That's Twitter.com slash M-I-K-E-K-A-R-A. 73 and uh, there you'll have a plethora of information including for example 
I've just interviewed Carol Kay, then I'm working on the show with Carol Kay, and then the show with Carol Kay via uh, Anchor is all done. So become a tweet peep. So again, my guest is Carol Kay, and Carol, pleasure and honor you could join me uh, today. We're so blessed and honored. Thanks so much. We definitely, truly appreciate it. Okay, Carol. So now we mentioned, now how many songs would you say that you've worked? I thought I, and the thing you sent me was 40,000 or something like that? Or? Well, something like that. I'd say with, with the record dates, I've done over 10,000. So you're talking about three or four songs on cues per, per, per record date. I'd say about 30, I don't know, 30, 40,000 songs. Right, right. And what you do, you create that three-hour date, you create the four or five tunes, uh, three, four or five tunes. Now, not not always that many tunes were done. Um, uh, Phil Spector would do one tune and then have us jam the blues the last five minutes of the record date, and of course, that's his tune now, see, and he, he's the one that got the money for it, but it's just, just a jam thing. So he'd do two, two tunes a date. Brian Wilson uh, with the Beach Boys would do uh, one tune per, per, per three hour date. So, uh, some of the some of the people would jam in f- five tunes, five or six tunes per, per hour, three of that three hour date. So I I didn't count them. No, it, I, I just was busy. You go in and you with a blank mind, you create your part. When you hear something about the tune of the way the singer's singing it on the demo or right there, you 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 feel something that that you can do as your part, see, uh, as a guitar player, and then it was, I was the bass player then. And the bass role was very important for, I mean, for those records in the 60s. It it got to be a a very main instrument, you know. And yet, uh, at the end of the 60s, when I wrote bass books, the publishers had no idea, what instrument is that? Is the guitar? I said, no, it's the bass. But it it looks like a guitar. (laughs) It's the bass, you write it in the bass class. And, and they, they said, "Oh well, your books will never sell." And you know what? I, I'm, I'm still the leader in, in bass education worldwide. So, so you know, so I'm telling this to tell people: don't mind what people tell you because they really don't know. Sometimes, you know. So a, a, anyway, uh, we we would go in and create our parts, and then we walk out the door and forget everything you did. Because you had to go to the next date that day and do the same thing for somebody else in a different style of music and everything. So you had to be fresh, but by the time you got to the next date, it might be a half hour later, it might be 15 minutes, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, so, I mean, is there some, because I, I would re, I would read for, through 40,000 songs, but is there somewhere that you have an archive or a record of what you've, you've done? Well, it, it, the contract. Also, I put my work log with all the thousands of dates in the work log in my uh, autobiography book, oh, okay. which is 502 pages. Oh. I've got my work log in there. So, you know, so they can see it right there. All the stars and everything that we work for and the movies. Some of the titles are not in there, but 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 they've got the uh, the name of the company, Universal, and the and the and the contractor's name and the time and all that. In the work log, you you don't you're not. You see, uh, the world was different back then than it is now. Today, everybody's into fame and the name business and 
stars and all that. We, we weren't thinking of anything like that. We were thinking about, okay, who's the guy who contracted the dates? I have to pick up my check at the union, and if I don't get paid, I need to know so I can, I, I can find, find out. You know, but, so you put in the information that is appropriate for your business. It was a business. It wasn't a, oh, God, I'm working for a so-and-so. That didn't save us one bit. You know, so, some people were... Easy to work for. Ray Charles, I found to be very easy to work for. Yes, he wanted you to play great. If you didn't play great, he'd start screaming. I don't blame him, you know, because you're not there to have fun. It's not your date. It's a date to work for him and to do do your best, and that's what you're getting paid for. Today, I don't see a lot of people doing that with the integrity that they need today. And I'm not just speaking about music. I'm speaking about a lot of work. People who work just, I don't know. You know, you call a plumber or or, or you call people to fix things, and, and, and they just take their time, and they, they really don't know how to fix things, it seems right. like, today. You know, back then, you had people who could get things done, and they weren't into the star and ego. The ego is just killing people. Why, why have ego? You can't make a record with ego, you know. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, okay, okay. You know what I mean. Yeah, I, I, I know. I've come across that a lot. Uh, so, so with your book, this is something that people could get at your website, or yes, www.carolk.com. Uh, K-A-Y-E dot com. Yeah, and it's in the catalog there. I, I sell my educational products uh, uh, worldwide, and, and I, I like to see people learn well to, to get the music. I've taught music since 1949, and it's important for me to pass along what I've learned and what I've uh, uh, it, 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 done in education. It's very important to pass along to, to the younger generation because when you play music, there's a certain happiness that you don't get in other otherwise. You know, there's a happy. You find your real feelings and your soul. You you find your soul. That they talked soul a lot back then. You know, but I I don't use that word that much. It's just learn the music, learn how to play music, and don't think about yourself. Think about the music things start to happen, you know, and it really happens good, not only the fact that you can play, but there's something that happens that you start working and you start finding other musicians who have that same uh, thrill about playing music and, 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 and they play together and something really exciting happens then, see, it, 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 it just happens but by accident, it seems like, you know, it was accidental that, that I got asked to play in the studios. And I really didn't want to because I knew I would lose my place in jazz. But it was good money, and the people I worked for were good people. And, you know, there's a lot of things that can happen in your life. You just don't know. Look at The main thing that you have control over is learn your craft well. You can do that. Anybody can do that. They just need a little bit of time every day to practice, you know. So, so it, it's enjoyable for me to teach people. You know, that, that's what I'm building all this up to say. Right. 
Oh, okay. So, yeah, I wanted to ask you, Carol, before we uh, go here about what you're, you know, currently uh, d- doing, you're playing. So you're teaching now then? Well, uh, you know, I, I'm almost 85. You know, right. I'm not going to go out and play gigs and have some young punk kids come and say, wow, she, she sure plays good for an old lady. You know, hell no, buddy. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know that kind of thing. No, I'm not going to do that. But I enjoy teaching, and I teach on Skype, and and and, and uh, I, I make sure that everybody gets my books and things like that. So that that that's a joy to me right now. I just moved into a house that seems like this house needs uh, everything. So I've been fixing it up. You know, I, I, you know, it, it wasn't. It's a good house, great house, but it needs fixing. You know, so that's what I've been doing since I've been here. Okay. Oh, yeah. One last question. You know, I've been listing. I love the monkeys, and I've been listing. And when I go to the health club, I work out, and I'm listening to the monkeys. And I'm feeling like more and more that you are playing on a lot of those songs. Are you? Or? That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, I got it right. Yeah. Yeah, you, you're right. Well, you know, you, you think think about the um, boom, bum, 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 but if, if you listen to ragtime. That's what that that's where that bass line comes from. Is that that rhythm that 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 paradiddle that that I use on on Ray Charles' hit? He, he said, "Well, others can't play that, but it's an easy thing rhythm-wise if you listen to ragtime music." That 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 kind of went into the Dixieland thing. Dixieland kind of. Yeah, grew into the swing dance band stuff. And guess who played in those dance bands that were arranged by people who listened to Chopin and, and all the classical music? And they write riffs for the dance bands. Well, guess who was in there? Miles Davis. Uh, all, all, all the beatboppers used to work in these dance bands. And, and they heard music a different way. And then all of a sudden you had the bebop jazz. And that, that that's where I was playing a lot of the, 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 the bebop jazz patterns and stuff, you know. And then um, rock and roll, and the strangest thing is that a lot of the rock and roll was cut was being cut by us, former jazz musicians, and it put the jazz uh, music out of business, you know. And, and it was, it, it's kind of sad in a way, you know, because there were, we were making money playing rock and roll, but then that that became the music of choice for everybody, you know. And but anyway, jazz is back, uh, and and it's nice to know that. Oh, great! And uh, one final thing for all of our Chicago listeners: that Carol actually performed "Sorry, uh, Nick Fortuna" on the Buckingham song "Mercy, Mercy Me." So, got right, a lot of Chicago right. listeners out there. Right, right. We, we, you, you're talking about one of my, my favorite tracks that that that. Uh, that that I did with the Buckinghams. I, I, I remember that guy that had that group. Uh, I forget his name now, Richard. Or uh, anyway, very, very, uh, very sharp guys. He, 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 they had done their own little record for a while, and, and, and then they hired us. And, and, and he chose that tune, and, and I like that tune because that was first put out by very fine, fine jazz musicians by the name of. Cannonball Adderley. If people would listen to Cannonball Adderley, they'd hear some great jazz, you know. And he was very famous back then. In fact, I, I, I worked for him. He he put out some kind of like soul jazz records, 
on in, in the 70s, you know, so it was a lot of fun to work with. Nice man, good man, you know. He, he was a, one of the, the jazz greats ever, you know, so that was his tune that we, we did for, um, you know, for the, the Buckinghams, you know. It's a nice record. Yeah. Okay, Carol, we really do appreciate uh, your time and all the great memories. And, oh, yeah, the, the Brady Bunch. I just, I mean, that is such an iconic show. And I just yeah, was wondering if you could share, you know, was there any interesting stories with recording that song? No, or? Uh, you're, you're just doing uh, that that boogaloo stuff, stuff on bass, you know, and oh. just the bass lines. No, there's not, nothing there. It's, it's Mission Impossible, yeah, oh. with Lalo Schifrin and, and the, the movies Airport, you know, you're playing with the 76-piece orchestra all the time. There's a ton of movies I did that were just excellent, and, and, and all the TV shows, MASH, Hawaii Five O, and and uh, I mean, Kojak, uh, Streets of San Francisco. There's a there's a bunch of shows that really have some great music. But Brady Bunch, eh, you know, nothing that great. You know, Room Two 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 was better than that. And then and then the, the Ironside show I used to do too a lot. Of, so oh. it, it was it was good good stuff good stuff on, on the TV back then it's a shame I hate to see say it all the time but the entertainment business today is just full of ego and no, no talent it seems like they, they, they write stuff and you, you, you're saying to yourself am I supposed to laugh at that you know <laughs> so because it's not funny you know we, we had a sense of humor bit back in the 60s and the 70s shows at least you know there was a sense of humor and it kind of died out. I don't know why, but anyway, and, and, and the music certainly died out. You know, just that hip-hop stuff now, you know. Oh, okay, Carol, we appreciate your time. And okay, now, any final thoughts or anything else you'd like to mention? Well, no, no, I think I, think I kind of said a lot. Yeah, you <laughs> did. Yeah, that's great. 40 minutes. I, I, think, I think people were saying, okay, time to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you want want some people to do anyway just shut up and listen for a change you know listen to good music and and enjoy uh, talking to people people need to t talk to each other more you know they, they've kind of lost the art of, of talking right would you right. say yeah I, I would we gotta put down the phones and smartphones and just talk to each other <laughs> yeah you know I, I, I I'm all for the, the internet. I'm all for Facebook and all that stuff. Right. It's, it's quick to get in touch with people, but then there comes a time when we're, we're supposed to talk to each other. You know, let's do that. You know, because you, you, you'd be surprised what it does for your life then too. Okay, Carol, thanks so much. We truly do appreciate all your time and telling us all about the great memories. My guest today is Carol Kay, and you've been listening to the Mike Kara Radio Program, What's Up America? And uh, please catch us again next time.